welcome to the Resolutions Podcast, where we like to turn difficult topics into helpful conversations. I'm your host, Chris Campbell, along with our co-host, Michael Gum. Hello. So, Michael, uh, part of uh, maybe insider information is uh, we've developed a bit of a routine here for our studio times, mm-hmm. right? And uh, we, we set up, we know how we set up, we get sort of chit-chat going before we hit record. Most of the time... We have a delicious beverage yes, in our hands. Yes, we have right? some coffee. We definitely kickstart things with <laughs> with prayer and a dose of caffeine. Yeah. And uh, anyway, both of us are a bit of, we're not coffee snobs. No, I wouldn't say that. But I think we're coffee connoisseurs. Yeah, that, that, I, I like that. That that sounds a lot better. Yeah. I, I'm not above drinking Folgers or Maxwell House, but I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, <laughs> but if I've got the, if I've got the choice, you know, I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna drink something that uh, that I really really like. And uh, and this morning, graciously, you've you've stopped by one of our our local uh, coffee houses and uh, and brought us some some good brew here today. Mm-hmm. What, what did you go with today? So I got I got myself a vanilla latte. That's kind of my go-to. <laughs> I I went with a, a latte as well, which is uh, frankly pretty stupid because we've we've had to interrupt the flow of our recordings because of an extended uh, sinus infection that oh, went yeah, into yeah. bronchitis with me. <laughs> Maybe not the best right. idea. I'm not, I'm, you know, and I and here I am sipping a latte this morning. We'll we'll see how that goes. How many uh, interruptions we have to do for me to cough and and so forth. But. Uh, but we bring up uh, we're bringing up the subject of coffee this morning because it directly relates uh, to today's guest and really uh, the avenue of impact this person has on not just his community but regionally. We're seeing a very innovative way uh, how one person and a vision for family life is uh, is again really touching uh, dozens, hundreds, thousands of people. Hmm. Today's guest is Soren Johnson, and Soren Johnson is the founder of the Trinity House Cafe. Uh, so let me tell you a little bit about uh, his business, and we'll step into what he does specifically uh, with life, vision, and ministry, and so forth. The Trinity House Cafe, uh, Michael, is uh, is a little privately owned uh, coffee shop cafe located in Old Town, Leesburg, Virginia. Mm-hmm. It is a super cool place because um, it's in an older home that's actually on the National Historic Registry. Oh, cool. Yeah. So when you walk in, it's got like a colonial feel to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then just the ethos of what the, the, the house is and how it represents itself is just... I don't know. It's like it's like another space, and I know that that you and I both appreciate, uh, you know, independently, you know, local roasters and oh, how yeah. they put their personal spin for sure on, on. And you've probably seen a ton of really cool ones, just even in Colorado. Oh yeah, yeah. That, Denver is just crawling with them, really. <laughs> <laughs> so so if you're uh, if you're a coffee connoisseur, yes, as we are, that's a part of the you know ambiance is a part of it oh, as absolutely. well. I'll, yeah. I'll pay I'll pay the extra money for a simple cup of coffee. If it if it sort of wows me, yeah, right. And uh, the Trinity House Cafe is just one of those spaces, and it's it's interesting because if you've ever stepped into one of those those older homes that were built, you know, 
200 or more years ago, mm-hmm. uh, you quickly realized that the average height of a man was probably five foot six inches tall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so it's it's been minimally renovated over the years to where the main gathering spaces are, you know, sort of 21st century mm-hmm. size. Uh, but the uh, but the room uh, where uh, I was able to uh, to sit down and enjoy a great cup of coffee with our guest, Soren Johnson, uh, was an original room, and uh, and I had to duck my head, you know, to get <laughs> to get through that. Yeah. It, it definitely had that that shoebox feel. So as I said, today's guest is Soren Johnson. Soren and his wife Ever E V E R, two very very cool names, by the way. Yeah, are the parents of five children, and uh, they are the parishioners of Saint John the Apostle in Leesburg. Um, I'm going to read his bio just because there's no way I can keep all of this impressive stuff straight. Uh, Soren and Ever Johnson founded the nonprofit Trinity House Community and its Trinity House Cafe with a mission to renew faith and culture by inspiring families to make their homes into a little taste of heaven. Soren formerly served as director of evangelization for the Diocese of Arlington, and his writing has appeared in the Washington Post, Columbia, and the Arlington Catholic Herald. Ever formerly served as research assistant uh, to uh, popple biographer George Wiggle and has been published in Magnificent. They both hold uh, master's degrees in theology and have presented at numerous conferences and workshops. Now, uh, Michael, as a Protestant boy, uh, some of those credentials are not familiar to me, but I do find them to be very, very impressive. Yeah, they, they sound <laughs> impressive. And, and with all of that background... I can tell you that I can probably list in the single digits the number of men I've met who exuberate the type of humility and meekness hmm. that Soren does. Uh, it was a pleasure uh, to sit down with him over a delicious cup of coffee on a crisp autumn morning uh, last fall in the upper room at the Trinity House Cafe where we talked about family life and the concept of being a conduit of grace and heaven to our children and neighbors. So we pick up on the conversation in this podcast as Soren explains the basics of the Trinity House. My wife and I are leading a nonprofit ministry called Trinity House Community, and our mission is to help families make their home into a little taste of heaven to share with others for the renewal of faith and culture. So that's really our touchstone. We think it begins in the home. It can be very challenging for us, I think, in today's culture. You, you look at the home and it kind of becomes this staging area for a bunch of activities that you do outside the home, like a family measures, measures its success by how many activities that's our kids so are in, mm-hmm. the extracurriculars, all the resume building to get into the best colleges. I don't fault parents that. I'm, I, I certainly understand the pressures. But too, too often we turn our homes into this kind of home base staging area, even a kind of entertainment center. Wow. Like, what is the vision for the home? And that's what Ever and I just are so passionate about. Because from the earliest centuries of our Christian experience, um, the, tr- the home has been referred to as the domestic church. Um, it's a little place which is a place of immense holiness. It's mm-hmm. the place mm-hmm. where 
heaven opens up to us where we as parents form our children. Mm -hmm. um, the dinner table, you could say it mirrors somewhat the altar. You know, we have the Eucharist in the church, communion, and then in the home, are we breaking bread together? Yeah. Are, what, what's happening at that mm -hmm. dinner table together? Mm -hmm. um, are we falling into the American average of 11 minute dinners? Um, and that's even for when parents even get their kids to the right. dinner table. Because right. the dinner, the number of families who have, are, are making dinner a priority, is, you know, it's a couple times a week at that Yes, yeah. So already, Soren is setting up an organization that's very countercultural. Mm. Uh, he's wanting to restore the home back to its original position and influence instead of being you know, passive and letting the home take a backseat to the influences outside. No doubt, right? Yeah. I mean, you could just, being present with him was something, but you can even, you can sense it in the recording. Mm. That, yeah. that there's weight and conviction. Oh, for sure. You know, behind the things he's sharing. You know, Michael, at the risk of, of sounding uh, nostalgic, uh, I grew up in a family environment where, for the most part, uh, we connected around the dinner table. Yeah. Um, now, that became a challenge with a family of seven, mm -hmm. you know, uh, both parents, five kids. And as, uh, you know, I'm the oldest, I've said that before, and as us older kids, uh, you know, got involved in more extracurriculars, uh, dinner time at the Campbell household became uh, a little more flexible, a little more of a, of a moving target, uh -huh. so to speak. But Free for all. Yeah, but, I, you know, I can remember at one point my dad telling me and the next oldest in our family, my my younger brother, uh, to pick a sport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said, pick a sport and we're going to go with that sport because, you know, basically he said, you know, we want to value our family time and all this running that is expected, you know, with all these sports and activities, uh, they're becoming too much. Mm. And, uh, and at the time we're going, what, you know, but looking back, I sort of get it, you yeah. know, at, at some point. I, I'm not saying that we stopped and had formal family time every night, but dinner time was known as a place of connection, sharing, and listening. Yeah. You know, and, and again, as I talk about this, I almost feel like I'm, again, I'm waxing nostalgic and this is going to be a throwback, you know, <laughs> but... I was connecting a lot of dots, you know, in my upbringing as Soren was beginning to introduce the concept of the Trinity House. I will say also that my mom was a staunch guard over right behavior at the dinner table. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> she had like zero tolerance for yeah. certain things. You know, you removed your hat uh -huh. and there was no horseplay. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't mean that there, that there uh, you know, wasn't, you know, plenty of laughter uh, which there was. Sure. But, uh, you know, my parents were probably not aware of, you know, the sacredness that Soren speaks of, you know, during our interview. But what they did was decide to practice a tradition that centered on something intimate, like eating in front of one another and face-to-face -face conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, in my tradition, Sunday dinners after church were sort of a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was, uh, you know, those were... Uh, those were either eaten at my grandmother's house, as I remember, or most of the time it was just the featured meal of the week at my house. And it was not unusual for my mom and dad to invite either friends and families to our house for a dinner experience. Mm. You know, nothing nothing super elaborate, but just like a, a time of, of connecting. So 
in some ways, what Soren is doing, you know, came across as a bit of old school. Oh, yeah. But the more he talked, uh, I began to understand it's not just for the sake of being old-fashioned. In fact, he's trying to improve upon our current culture and address some of the biggest blind spots. You know, uh, 2020, uh, Michael, I've, I've talked to you about this before, is a year where I'm really trying to purpose, uh, you know, myself, my, my activities to dialing into more and more child advocacy issues mm. uh, in a very intentional way. And one of the things that automatically pops up, you know, when you're talking about home life or lack thereof, uh, you know, especially where we live, where there's such a large portion of foster kids and orphans in Mm -hmm. our environment, is the issue of, you know, the determinants of childhood wellness. Mm -hmm. One of the first things you've got to catch is is the issue or the problem of attachment. Okay. Does a kid feel attached to their caregivers? I Does see. a kid feel attached to parents or family? And Soren has written a great article on the topic of attachment. So, so naturally, I ask him to speak on that subject. If we look in the big picture in our culture, sadly, from what I've read of the studies, 40% of kids today are insecurely attached, which I'm not a psychologist. You can enlighten us. Uh, but they are not having this fundamental bond with their parents. And it leads in so many challenging directions to those who are anxiously attached and they just, they are not sensing that their parents are really prompt and generous in listening to them mm-hmm. when, when they express, you know, legitimate needs as kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and then there could be a parent who's very aloof, and that might be avoidant mm-hmm. attachment. Mm-hmm. So, as a parent, you know you're you have this great opportunity to form those strong lifelong bonds. And what just blows me away is that we, as parents, are setting up the hard wiring in our children's brains for how they are going to approach the Lord. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not to sound deterministic, you know, that if I really get it wrong, our kids will never come to faith. No, that's not not the Christian story. Mm -hmm. However, if our kids see in us a strong attachment, a secure attachment, that, that we are responding and listening and welcoming to them, that is fundamentally how they are going to quickly turn to their heavenly father through their entire lives. What a gift. You know, it's a sobering thought, a humbling thought, really. I mean, I'm a parent, and so are you, Chris, uh, to to think that what we do as parents, the home environment that Mm -hmm. we create can shape the faith of our children in profound ways. It's just, it, it really is just sobering. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. And and I think so many times we we think of ourselves as managers yeah. in the home. Now okay. I'm speaking on behalf of dads. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it comes down to 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 being managers and we forget the whole idea of you know, I heard this introduced once before when I was younger that, you know, one of the mandates of fatherhood is you're the priest of your home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Michael, I, I do a considerable amount of public speaking, teaching, even preaching. 
And I can't tell you how many times I've been in front of a group of, of people. I'm specifically going to single out teenagers, you know, for mm. this example, large or small. And I bring up the aspect of God wanting to be known in our hearts as Father. Mm. And so often what I have seen is a bunch of blank stares, maybe some nervous body shifting, you know, or to just even actually witness the subconscious physical response, you know, of eye rolling, you know, or, or whatever it may be, because I've touched a nerve yeah. that, that is sort of like just this underlying issue with a lot of people. And, you know, most people intuitively view God, I would say, the God of the Bible through the lens of their experience with earthly father figures. Sure, for better or worse, whether they, you know, even know it consciously or not. Right. And I think so many times, you know, um, not that we're trying to, to throw out a blanket statement, but, you know, when it comes to, you know, to not stepping into the full concept of fatherhood, what begins to surface in our homes is maybe negligence, abuse, or an authoritarian, um, you know, stance at home that makes it very difficult for relationships to develop. And, and all of those approaches shape the way we initially perceive God, even if it's a positive approach. And, sure. and, you know, you'll see those teens in a crowd who are at ease in their posture and countenance when you speak about God in terms of fatherhood. But, but for many, like, it's an issue. Yeah. And as a parent, I think you said it right, it's, it's very sobering indeed. So I say I say that to simply reiterate what Soren is expressing here, and that is our faith and our family truly go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, you know, our experience. You know, when I say I'm, our experience, you and I growing up and our families, the right. listeners. Uh, you know, we know probably if we stop to and think about it, how much the home can shape our faith. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, our faith can and should inform the way our home functions. Oh, yeah. Right? And the Christian faith is at the center of what Soren is doing with Trinity House Community. It's, it's even a part of the name, the first word, Trinity. Uh, that refers to the idea in Christianity that we serve one God who exists in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, a, it's, a, it's a deep mystery right. that's super subjective and abstract, but yet it's a cornerstone of Christian doctrine. And, you know, as we, as we talked about that, that, that even more, and as you and I were talking about today's episode, Michael, I know you're a, you're a seminary graduate and a worship leader, mm-hmm. so I'm sure that you've spent some time thinking about the subject of the Trinity. Oh, yeah. And, and you're absolutely right. It's at the center of our faith, but it's also potentially confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I've, I've come to realize that there's a lot we can learn from this idea of the Trinity. Uh, specifically, we can see the value of community. Mm-hmm. Because it's an integral part of God's nature. And the persons of the Trinity, you know, they have distinct personalities and they interact with each Mm -hmm. other and they tend to play differing roles as well. Yeah. Seamless too, right? Mm -hmm. They just synchronize. Yeah. That's so true. You know, as a, as a Protestant, I can tell you that I don't know how much the truth of the Trinity has been consistently taught, explained, framed to me or by me. Yeah. But... Well, it's difficult. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but our Catholic friends seem to handle this important subject matter and doctrine much 
more frequently and clearly. Mm. So I asked Soren to help me and our listeners to connect the dots here, not, not just between the three persons of the Godhead, but how the Trinity shapes the strategy of a Trinity home. And he had some great insight as to how the roles of the Trinity can inform our family life. We've really been pointing back to something we're thinking God has kind of put on our hearts. We call it welcome, listen, serve. So there's three, three persons in the Trinity, right? And I think we can see that this amazing way in which God the Father welcomes us. Wow. And, and then I think when you move to um, listen, we can hear how the Holy Spirit is our advocate and is interceding for us mm-hmm. with groans that cannot be expressed. Mm-hmm. And then we see how Jesus Christ has come to serve us mm-hmm. by the cross he took up and how he gave his life for us. So when we take that into the home, we think parents could ask themselves, as I walk into this room where my kids are, you know, am I welcoming? Am I listening? Am I serving? Or am I uh, picking up my smartphone and uh, responding to the text at work? Mm-hmm. Am I not listening to my kids? When they ask me, for some help, am I delaying my service to them? Yeah. So it's family life is complicated. It's complex, but we are finding uh, a kind of re- refreshing way in which welcome, listen, serve can kind of point us back to the basics of just presence in the home. The idea of being welcoming, of listening and serving. Yeah, I mean, welcome, listen, serve. You can learn each one of those from each person of the Trinity, and it's it's simple. I I love the pragmatic approach that he takes to something that's, you know, it's 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 hard, it's spiritual to wrap your mind mm-hmm. around. And I got to tell you, you know, I'm, I'm taking notes as oh, he's yeah. talking there, not for the sake of interviewing, but I'm going, okay, I got to unpack this, you uh-huh. know, and, and even, even now, you know, at, at this time frame, you know, in our family life and our home life, that has resonated with me so many, I'm trying to mm. train myself, yeah. you know, in that, in that concept. Yeah. And, and really it's, it's so impressive how, how Soren takes something that is so, abstract and heady and he makes it so practical, you know, because the, you know, the, the Trinity, like we were talking about before, it's so, uh, nebulous and hard to, to, to really grasp a lot of times. But I mean, we can concentrate on being welcoming, on listening, on serving, and, you know, it's something that it's easy to for, for some of those things to fall by the wayside when you're in the grind of, uh, you know, your, your daily life and home environment and, and raising children. Uh, but, you know, we, we can easily remind ourselves, you know, to be welcoming, to listen and to serve. You know, when he anchored the basics of the Trinity House to the Trinity, he then shifts into a very important aspect of modern living. He brings up technology. Oh yeah. Uh, he was, he was making some great points about technology and, and the distraction that it can be. <laughs> and I had to laugh, you know, cause I heard a phone ding <laughs> right in the middle of talking about that. Uh, it may or may not been an item of technology within my possession. <laughs> I didn't want to ask. Yeah. But. Yeah. Well, actually it totally was, you know, that's uh, yeah. So, Okay. 
But uh, yeah, how appropriate, right? right. Um, you know, later in our conversation, Soren actually had a lot more to say about technology as it you know pertains to family living, family life. We were talking about the dwindling faith in our country, uh, especially in younger generations. And Soren traces a lot of this back to our technological culture in which we are in some ways more connected, but in other ways, very disconnected from each other. We can walk the causes of this back to an impersonal lifestyle. But what are we modeling as parents in a culture which is so pulled in the direction of technology and efficiency and self-reliance and autonomy Mm -hmm, and this mm -hmm. massive computer in my pocket which allows me to just escape at any given moment and place my value in metrics such as my likes and my shares. So we, we really feel like you know, John Paul II said that the future of humanity passes by way of the family. Mm-hmm. Walk it back to the family and look in your home. If you even eat dinner, are people, are, are they together? Is there a conversation? Or are we pulling out our screens? Yeah. You know, I feel the challenge just like any other parent. Mm-hmm. And so I think when we look at the dying faith, it's easy to point fingers um, out there at the culture. But how the deeper question seems to be an examination of our own conscience mm-hmm. as parents. Um, how, how am I doing with showing my children, my wife, my family a glimpse of heaven in our yeah. home? We have such gifts in our lives as Christians, which we're often just kind of leaving on the shelf unwrapped. Mm. The gift of the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Um, what an amazing opportunity for us as parents to demonstrate, you know what, today we're going to prioritize time as a family, we're going to get away from the screens, uh, we're going to have an outing together, uh, we're going to have a great meal, we're going to talk as we prepare the meal. You know, that's not a, Ro- a Norman Rockwell, uh, you know, outdated picture. It can happen today. Yeah. You can take your kids on a hike and, yeah. you know... And so these simple things, which we think can really begin with a renewal of the Sabbath, mm-hmm. and then, then teaching our kids, and as you just pointed to, that sixth grader had is just primed for instant gratification, mm. instant response. Sure. And modeling as parents that, you know, life isn't like that. Mm. Life um, requires patience. Look out the window at an oak tree. Mm. You can't fast forward its growth it's going it's going to grow yeah. at its yeah. own pace yeah. and like the christian life mm-hmm. we can't suddenly fast forward in holiness and sanctification mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. god obviously works miracles he he gives us infusions of grace and sure. i think you could say that sure looks like fast forwarding you know but um, grace builds on nature and nature has its own pace that needs to be you know respected and we can teach that as parents yeah. that um, you know sure google has the answer uh, but let's ask the deeper question 
So I think we've addressed the scope of the problem. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's really just it's putting words to what we already see evident all around us. Yeah, totally agree. And and here's where the ministry concept of a Trinity house shines. Uh, Soren has come up with a strategy for family life, and he's broken it down into five levels, and each one builds on the other. Briefly, it's really just beginning with this idea of rooting our family in God's life. So how are you leading as a parent with prayer in your home and just showing your kids it all begins with grace and our daily life with God and conversation with Him. And then, you know, we talk about kind of a second level, you know, of then once you're rooted in prayer like that, God gives us gifts. We Each child is totally unique. And how are we doing at nurturing and developing those gifts? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, what we call them, you can call them spiritual gifts, temperaments, personalities, you know, different ways to unpack that. And then for the third level that we talk about in our workshop, um, a real favorite of many that have gone through the workshop is building a productive household economy. Yeah, you know? And what right. do we mean there is just like the family engaging in shared shoulder-to-shoulder work together. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, in the home, often it's just kind of like, oh, work is homework. Yeah. Well, that's, that, that is part of their, their work, but, you know, a family working together. Yeah. And the deep bonds that can, can come about through that. As a family, these, all these different levels are kind of interwoven together, but we say that it leads to a fourth level of enjoying a vibrant family culture. And yeah. this is where yeah. it really gets fun. I mean, the shared work has its fun moments too, yeah. you know, as yeah. you complete the jobs, but uh, enjoying a family culture, that's like the sense of, you know, when you sit down with the Johnson family at their dinner table or the Campbell family at their dinner table, you know, you just sense this, you know, wow, there's, there's a depth here. They yeah. love being together. Sure. And, um, so a lot of enjoying family culture together happens at the dinner table, yeah. you know, through food. And then, you know, that just leads naturally into what we talk about, the fifth level of sharing this with others. Mm-hmm. And uh, simple hospitality. Um, the earliest witnesses to the Christians in the first and second centuries wrote, there was this phrase that Tertullian used, see how they love one another. Oh, wow. Sure. And our in our communities is that what others are seeing mm. in a Christian household mm. open doors people coming in and out being welcomed at the table let's go back over those real quick I just want to make sure that, that, that we caught those level one rooting in prayer number two nurturing and developing gifts number three building a productive household economy number four enjoying a vibrant family culture and number five sharing that culture with others yeah you can see how you know he 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 you know looks at it as levels that build one upon another you yeah. know i would say they 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 just flow one into another mm-hmm. you know i'm because prayer was such a normal part of my upbringing, uh, sometimes you know i don't appreciate how difficult of an initial barrier that can be 
you know, for some families, husbands and wives that haven't yet prayed in front of one another. And now, mm. you know, speaking to, to dads maybe or, or single parents, single moms, okay, how do you get that started? You know, I, I feel like as I've worked with people and families over the years, one of the one of the most easiest ways to start incorporating prayer or rooting prayer is just bow your head over a meal well, sure. and give thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, and and maybe from that you can offer a bedtime prayer. Yeah. You know, for your children. And it's just, you know, the little things that just start to establish momentum. And then you'll find that that the receptivity of it as it's sincere will just increase and it'll it'll take on a life of its own and lead into those other four levels that you that you described. And of course, we will have all these levels available in our show notes. Um, so so Soren uh, did an excellent job transitioning from, you know, how he approaches his personal family life, how he and ever approach, you know, how they do family into now how they've constructed the operation of the Trinity House Cafe. Totally, totally fascinating, you know, turn of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, the idea is how do you introduce the concept of sacredness, blessing, protection, provision, you know, the grace of the Trinity, you know, and what we would say of a Trinity house to the general public. The answer is, will you open a Trinity Cafe? Now, on the surface or on social media, uh, this may look like any other independent coffee house cafe, you know, but once you step into this environment, Michael, you immediately pick up on the ethos that is very, very intentional. Well, five years ago, we opened Trinity House Cafe, and it's literally, you couldn't have scripted this better. It's at the corner of the of Church and Market Streets oh, wow. in Leesburg. <laughs> I had not noticed that. Yeah. Right wow, now, okay. Right, right near our sign. Interesting. So, All right, yeah. Um, what, you know, this is a tough time for faith, for, for, for Christians. Um, we've got truth, beauty, and goodness, right? And we thought, what better way to just be a witness in our culture than to lead with beauty? Mm-hmm. So you got a beautiful former home in the heart of Old Town Leesburg. Um, it's got elegance, it's got beauty, it's got, you know, good bones. Mm-hmm. You walk into mm-hmm. it and it's on the National Historic Registry. Mm-hmm. But we didn't just do this to start a cafe in Leesburg. We really wanted to show a welcoming, beautiful, winsome, hospitable, non-threatening, living room, home environment mm-hmm. in the public square. Mm-hmm. And just see what kind of seeds that planted. Yeah. And so that's been the real kind of dream behind Trinity House Cafe and we're celebrating five years now. I don't know if I've ever heard a business plan rooted in truth, beauty, and goodness. Yeah, it does stand out. <laughs> you know, I just, this, this, this very kind, gentle-spoken man commanded so much of my attention. Mm-hmm. You know, I just thought, yeah. this is sage-like stuff that I'm, that I'm gleaning here. Yeah, and you know, there's a couple of things that I really love about, about what Soren's doing. Uh, one is that it's, it's the perfect example of what can sometimes be known as marketplace ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. basically you're integrating your faith with the way that you conduct your life and your business mm-hmm. throughout the week. And you're doing so with intentionality. Yeah. And it's that intentionality that I think is the other thing that I love. Uh, You can tell he just puts so much thought into everything that he's doing. Yeah. 
I mean, I think probably every decision he makes that's that's business oriented. It's not just calculated, mm-hmm. but he's drawing it back to the reason why and as it relates to the vision yeah. of you know of a Trinity House. So let me give you an example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd been in and out of the Trinity House numerous times. Was aware of it. It's, it's like my favorite place, honestly, to go if I'm if, if I'm in around Northern Virginia. Yeah. I usually stop in there because I just love the place. And and so during my time with Soren, he gave me sort of a, of an in-depth tour. Okay. And one of the things that he was he was so excited to point out is as a centerpiece of of the decor that's there is this Abraham and Sarah iconography. You know, okay. icons in, yeah, yeah. in the cafe and how it's a symbol of welcoming the stranger and opening your home. So if you're familiar with that that passage in the book of Genesis mm-hmm. where these three travelers are welcomed yeah, into yeah. yeah, it's a fascinating story. And I think I think I will say this. I think that traditional Protestantism mm-hmm. shies away from Christian icon representation because it can feel a little like hero worship or, yeah. I- or idolatry. Sure. Yeah. Right. But here's the thing. Uh, when icons were introduced into Christianity, it was in a day and age in the ancient world where the scriptures were not accessible. You know, they mm. weren't put into into uh, into print. The literacy rate was super low, and icons served as catalysts for storytelling, reflection, meditation, and reminders. Huh. And here's my thing: in the 21st century, I think there are a lot of similarities to where we are now in modern culture and in the ancient world regarding our willingness to engage in written forms of communication. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd rather listen or watch yeah. or look, you know, sure. especially as it comes to the way we interface with technology. So the Trinity Cafe, I think, is a wonderful bridge, you know, with their intentional decor and just the ethos that they create. Yeah, that's that's so cool. Thanks for <laughs> sharing that story because it's just it's another way that he's being intentional and strategic in what yeah. he's doing. Yeah. Uh, and I think we would all do well to learn from his example. If we can be this intentional mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the way that that we are serving people, whether it's in our home or our work or our school or whatever, our sphere of influence, I think we can make a great impact. Yeah. The, the word that comes to mind is hospitality. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's clearly a sense of hospitality, uh, you know, in, in what he strives to do. It's something that we can all learn from. Uh, you know, with Soren's lead, it's it's something that he wants to see uh, revolutionize the way we conduct our family life, and actually, it's something that he learned in his own family. Um, you know, Michael, I, I, hospitality is not me centric. No. It's not me bragging about let right. me showcase my stuff. You know, it's about the guests. It's about putting them at ease, giving them dignity, making them feel welcomed, accepted, secure, significant in your home. It's like a reflection of a Christian's true identity in Christ. I grew up right next door to my grandmother. She was widowed at the age of 59, healthy 59-year-old, had an ample income to kind of move into kind of a comfortable lifestyle yeah. for the rest yeah. of her life. And what happened was she, she uh, got trained as a crisis, crisis pregnancy counselor. Wow. She got licensed to have uh, young adult women in her home. And in my childhood, I watched as 48 young women um, lived with my grandmother over a course of wow. 20 years and brought their babies to wow. town. Okay. So 
and she called her apartment um, where she, uh, where the young women would stay, you know, one at a time, the prophet's chamber okay. out of Elijah. Oh, wow. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The widow yeah. in Zarephath yeah. hosted Elijah. Yeah. And, you know, that was just a crazy situation. Right. right? So I guess the, the widow there in Zarephath is so impoverished. How can she do this? And when you describe the realities of West Virginia, which we see also, you know, in different ways more locally, I think to, of just how God cannot be outdone in generosity. Mm. That if we make a move, if we go in big for God, He's going to meet us there. Yeah, yeah. And that's the reality. And I'm not saying, you know, disregard your own personal limitations or weaknesses or, you know, you have to be thinking about all Mm -hmm, of that mm -hmm. and be in unity with your spouse before you take somebody in as a foster child. Um, But that just comes to mind that, you know, you know, we're in a very kind of controlled culture, a kind of low risk. I'm afraid of, you know, walking into my day if I have unplanned conversations oh, wow. sure. or if some, you know, yeah. and I and I think that would be my word of encouragement. Just go big for God. Leave it all on the field. And if the Lord is really calling you in that, mm-hmm. He's going to meet you there. He's going to He's going to supply you. And like you just said about any business or the cafe, you know, He's going to most likely do it. Uh, in in his kind of style of daily manna. Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. you're going to say, why can't we have enough in the accounts to last 40 days instead of one day? Mm-hmm. And the Lord kind of points you back to daily dependence. So there you have it. Uh, Michael, I thoroughly enjoyed this interview. Yeah, Soren's meekness, gentleness, wisdom. <laughs> you know, I can easily imagine what it might be like to be under the covering of his priesthood in his home. Yeah, for sure. So again, we hope that you found this podcast episode helpful and encouraging. That's why we're here, to turn difficult topics like family life, into helpful conversations. Uh, Michael, what can people do to stay connected to the podcast and help us set up future shows of public interest? Subscribe. It's that simple. Just subscribe to the podcast. You get it immediately every time it's released. And uh, yeah, be sure to uh, tell your friends. And if if you got feedback, we would love to we would love to have it because we want to serve you just like we have learned from Soren in, in his hospitality. We want to be right. hospitable to you, the listener, and really to best serve you. Yeah, as best as we can, you know, we want to, we, we welcome mm-hmm. you. We want to listen to your feedback, even yes. if it's suggestions for future shows. We get those from time to time. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and we just want to serve you in the best way possible. So until next time, I'm Chris Campbell. I am Michael Gum. And we'll meet you back here for a new episode with help and hope. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.